Welcome, everyone, to Nevermind the Gap podcast. I'm your co-host, Lindsay Hanari. And I'm Carmen Kadir. And together, we explore the gaps between where we are and where we feel we should be. And today's topic is the rest gap. And Carmen and I both came back from spring break uh, with some really interesting experiences. Um, And the goal of this particular episode, you know, really... uh, drew us to this topic was you know, to understand how important leisure and rest are to productive lives and what gets in the way of our ability to recharge. So Carmen, why don't you tell me about your experience? Sure. So spring break happened a little bit over a month ago. And what was really interesting is that, you know, I, we went to beautiful Hawaii and it was great. This is a trip we had planned for a very long time with the kids because it was their spring break. My husband had taken off from work. Um, he was, you know, made sure that he had all his surgeries done, the follow-ups with his patients. So it was, it was one of those events that we had planned ahead. But what was really interesting is that when I was over there, I did something pretty ridiculous, which was I ended up um, being on Hawaii time, which was exactly with the time change, something, I think it was around six or seven hours before Eastern time. And I was in sync to Eastern time. So I was literally setting an alarm clock at 3am in Hawaii every single day and doing, um, this sort of retreat from four in the morning until noon Hawaii time. And then I enjoyed the rest of the time that I was in Hawaii, which was from noon till about seven o'clock. But by the time 7 PM came, I crashed, which was, you know, which was at, at that point, I just couldn't take it anymore. So insanity, don't think I will do that again. Wow. Um, And I had the opposite experience. I came back from vacation. We ski once a year. Uh, Skiing is my very, well, one of my most favorite sports. And uh, we live in Houston. So the opportunity to just get in the car and drive a couple hours to a mountain doesn't exist. So we ski once a year. And we even skied the day of our flight because we had such a late departure. And it had snowed six to eight inches the night before, which is, you know, spring skiing. It's like golden. Oh, wow. I was tired physically, but I was rested because I'm very, if I can avoid it, I'm very protective Mm -hmm. of my time. And we had 14 other family members there from my husband's family. And I wanted to be present. Now, there were times I didn't want to be present and I would just go off into another room and read a book. I specifically didn't book anything and I came back mentally rested. And that's not always the case. And while I was in the airport or flying back, I came across an article uh, by Alex Pang in the Psyche newsletter called How to Rest Well. And I've done what you do, and I've also learned, um, and it's just, wow, what gets in the way? What compels us to work during a vacation? It's almost like these technologies are liberating, but they have their shackles on us as well. That's right. I completely agree with that. Um, I like your story, at least 
yours was a little bit different that you were able to actually enjoy your vacation and not take on work because even though you were physically tired, the mental component of, you know, yourself as a whole person, you were whole, you were well rested. And in a, in, in a tech, in a TED article very recently, that was called seven types of rest that every person needs. They talk about what the seven are. And the first one they bring up, you know, the first type of rest that we need is physical rest, which can be passive or active. So that's mainly what you do when you go on vacation. A lot of people want that physical rest. You see them laying by the beach, by the pool, they're reading books, you know, and a lot of people associate resting with the physical rest component. But the second type that the article talks about is the mental rest, what you brought up, which I think a lot of our listeners never really uh, focus on that that the mental rest is just as important as the physical. And then the third type of rest, of course, is uh, sensory rest. And this one is interesting because what I was doing was not getting mental or sensory rest. I was, you know, in front of bright lights, computer screens, background noise, multiple conversations, all of that during that retreat that I was a part of when I was in Hawaii. So the sensory rest, when you think about that, it's, you know, putting your phone down, what people don't do at night, they lay in bed and they start flipping through their phones. Mm -hmm. Huge. Um, I think as a third type of rest, the fourth one is creative rest, uh, which I think is also very, a very interesting one is allowing yourself to take in maybe the beauty of the outdoors, uh, you know, at a local park or your backyard that can provide you with that type of creative rest. Oh, creative is huge. I mean, we have this idea that rest is supposed to be passive, like you mentioned. And how many of us go on vacation, right? And the first, it takes us the first part of the vacation just to unwind. Right. You know, the, un, you know, the sensory, the physical, mm -hmm. the mental, um, where we finally are able to be present in the vacation. And then it's like two days and you have to go home. But these ideas of different types of rest, that sensory rest, um, I think that's, that's really hard for most of us, especially if you're in the knowledge economy um, to do that. But the creative rest, and that's so, we think that rest has to be passive. And mm -hmm. really, it's an active choice. Um, it's an active decision because restorative rest can be physical. How many people run or swim or do yard work to sort of decompress and it's restful for them uh, or that deep play? Mm -hmm. you know, some type of hobby, um, you know, mm -hmm. playing an instrument, you know, immersive can be mm -hmm. very restful, that creative rest or, you know, what we call flow or deep play. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I, you know, I actually have identified with all of them at some point where I needed one of those, you know, I needed to hit the reset button either on the sensory rest, the mental rest, the physical rest. Uh, the, the fifth one actually is called emotional rest. And this one's an interesting because, you know, you and I deal with a lot of leaders, uh, at organizations and particularly I deal with executive and leaders in healthcare systems and academic medical centers. And, you know, they need a lot of emotional rest. What that means is having the opportunity to cut back on people pleasing. So there I've said it, you know, um, the power of saying no, focusing on your priorities. What do you need to delete? What do you need to um, cancel so that you can keep adding? So I think that emotional rest also 
goes hand in hand with the sixth one, which is the social rest. Because if you are emotionally in an empty tank, you also will probably be, will have some level of social rest deficit as well. So just having time for yourself is my point, not being in, uh, lingering meetings. One of our podcasts, you and I talked about the meeting gap and how it just keeps going. Oh, yes. Or keeps going or you just hop on to the next one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the uh, emotional rest, trying to stop being a pleaser mm-hmm. or where can you, you know, what do you, what needs to drop? And, you know, I coach CEOs and founders who are very short on time but I always tell them if everything is important, mm-hmm. it's important because everything's at an 11. And so how are you overextending yourself for things that maybe are a five or a six or could be delegated to someone else? Very true. I, I think in delegation is the biggest problem that I see, at least in healthcare systems is a lot of them have obviously administrative assistants that do the day-to-day, the scheduling and the calendar, you know, they look through the calendar to see where they can plug in this meeting and that meeting, but delegating in terms of the projects. So big projects, stuff that are very impactful, that take a lot of effort. So that impact by effort sort of matrix I've talked about before, that tool I brought up in one of our first episodes is huge you know, how impactful is this activity that you're doing and how much effort is it going to take? Um, little effort, you know, you can do it on your own and it's something that probably only you can handle. And so that that's something for you to own. But if it's very impactful and it's a big project, you really should have, you know, a second person that can help and assist you. And so how do you identify that need? You know, you mentioned something earlier in our pre-show just conversation uh carmen and i always like to connect and get what's up you know out of our minds and in our brains and focus and how before this conference uh this vacation you know your husband finished his surgeries finished his follow-ups all of that but back to the healthcare, you know it used to be you could only see so many patients at a time but with the corporatization of healthcare and everyone has these super narrow roles so it's almost like an assembly line and how on and constant it is and the way medicine works whether it's physician owned so you've got to pay the mortgage you got to pay the loan people have to buy you out or the hospitals who are trying to remain profitable think about this if you think about the lives of history's most accomplished scientists or writers, doctors, um, and, and just even generals, um, they labored far fewer hours than do many people in today's industrialized Western societies. Mm-hmm. You know, they crafted routines that balance periods of intensive labor with downtime, with thinking. You know, We think of all these res- re- Renaissance women and men and it was because they had time to cultivate these different areas. Now, they may not have had a lot of physical rest, but they were able to rest the different parts of their minds. I mean, how many times are you working on something, trying to figure something out, and you have to step away from it? And then the answer comes to you, well, you're taking a walk or doing dishes or in, you know that shower time because mm-hmm. it's rest. Right. You actually brought up a very good point. I think the way... 
the way leaders operated, you know, decades and maybe even centuries ago was different. I mean, their technique for resting was very different. Um, They had that free space for them to be able to think and reflect what are the next steps. You brought up generals, true, some generals of wars, you know, they actually got to assess what, what were the next strategies in order to win some of these major battles that we know about in history. So I, I think it doesn't matter what type of leader that you are. It's important to take time to sort of take a break, rest, reflect, so that you can assess the what's next. Fresh. You get, you get out of all those intensities, as you mentioned, the sensory, the emotional, the physical, the social, uh, decision fatigue. Um, you know, Winston Churchill was a very, very avid painter. Mm-hmm. And that's how he recovered. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a religious person, mm-hmm. uh, but I do admire elements of the Sabbath. Um, mm-hmm. I come from the Jewish tradition and in Judaism, you know, it's a pause or a cessation mm-hmm. of work and activities and it's meant to be contemplative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for those who could physically put down from their laboring um, and yes, many traditions you're in church or you're in the mosque or you're in synagogue and whether or not you're a true believer, it's still a contemplative time. Right. And I, and it's true. And it has been throughout history, right? Throughout human history, when you think about it. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about just how important and, and just basic overview of how important it is with sleep. You know, a, a lot of people, have like a love hate relationship with sleep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I need so much of it. <laughs> I, I I think and 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 so I think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that we take work with us to the very last second. When you think about it, you're in bed, but the laptop is with you. The tablet is right next to you. Your cell phone is going off. You're responding to emails. Um, it, so at what point do you pull the plug? Is my point. But the, so sleep and how important that is. Um, it, it helps you stay active and it allows for mindfulness. And when you combine both, you're actually able to practice better mindfulness. And that's been shown to improve your total sleep time, sleep efficiency, um, the ability to fall asleep and stay asleep. And the benefits of sleep and rest combined, so the science behind all of this is that it actually lowers your stress level. Lowers so, level. right. I mean, so it, it's, it's from a health standpoint, it's extremely important because, you know, you're actually lowering stress levels, you're removing metabolic waste from the brain, and you're improving your memory capacity, you're increasing the likelihood that you'll stick to certain um, healthy food habits and exercise programs. You're more likely to do that 20 minute mindful walk that I've learned to do. And I think you and I talked about this in one of our earliest episodes was practicing mindfulness could even be taking a 20 minute walk. So there's a lot of key elements in health and scientific, you know, research and data that's been proven that shows that when we sleep well, and we're actually getting very good restorative rest, we're able to actually stay active and have healthy habits. So I think that's important too, because we keep pushing to the very last second. That's what we're taught to do, um, at least in medicine and healthcare and in other industries to push and to squeeze out 
as much as you can. But by doing that, you're sort of cheating yourself from the benefits of, of getting that restorative sleep. Yeah. Y'all, you've heard it off the screens. Don't happen you unless, you know, you get that midnight call because you're on call or, you know, the president, or you've got a family member who's ill. Mm-hmm. I have banished it. We don't even have a TV in our room. Neither do we. It's the best thing ever. Um, But I know that there's so many Americans that are listening to this podcast out there that are following us and they're probably like, oh my goodness, I I still have the TV in our bedroom. Well, you shouldn't. And then the other thing that's really beautiful too is going back to the sensory rest, one of the seven types of rest that every person needs is to really learn to remove yourself from screen time. And that includes what I just said, you know, picking up your phone, checking emails, booking that last client, um, just really putting that away, not even bringing it to your bedroom. So these are healthy habits that you can cultivate at home and and focus on, again, working on getting proper into a proper sleeping habit, getting proper rest so that you can be active, creative, innovative in your own space during work hours. Well, you just said bringing it into the bedroom. Oh my gosh. Think about bringing your office, bringing your stress, bringing all of that into the bedroom. I have a sleep schedule where only emergency contacts can contact me. Um, It doesn't beep. It doesn't buzz. Everything between 10 and 7 is off. So I'm not getting pinged. My screen's not lighting up. Um, And The other element is a good night's sleep. And I know I sound like every article out there starts the day before. What are you eating? When are you going to go to bed? What are you going to do for yourself to prepare yourself for sleep? And one of the things that I found when I don't take that 20-minute snooze in the afternoon is you grab caffeine or a carb, you know, pick-me-up. And I really have to be mindful at my age now. You know, remember, we could just go, go, go and burn the midnight right. oil. I mean, that's the beauty of your teens and 20s, mm-hmm. your 30s. Uh, but just that 20-minute nap, it doesn't take you into super deep sleep, but it recharges you. And again, those problems or something that you're trying to solve, or I, I love to write, or I'm trying to phrase something for a client and it comes to me after I've had that rest. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. So I have not gotten into the 20 minute daytime nap, but I have heard so many just testimonials from people, you know, that have done it and do it like you, and they feel really refreshed. They definitely feel like they've hit that reset button that they need. So, and I find that if I've got like, I'm restless, and I haven't gotten any exercise in, then I need that 20 minute walk. I need to sort of shake out and shake off that energy. And that helps me calm down and settle. And nine times out of 10, no, 10 times out of 10 when I'm walking, whatever it's been that I've been struggling with or I need to figure out, it's that right left brain connection that happens when you're physical, it happens. But if I find that I'm kind of sleepy. I don't push through it. And I've learned 20 minutes. I've got a funny story before we wrap things up here. I've always sort of had that little lull in the afternoon. Like I said, I love my sleep 
I hate that a fact that I need it because some people just need four or five hours and guess what? You get a lot more done. You're a lot more productive. Um, I'm not that person. And when I was on Wall Street, uh, you know, that afternoon lull would hit and I could literally, I'd be in a meeting and I'd be pinching myself underneath. And after that meeting, I would go to the women's restroom. And it was a giant Wall Street firm, so the restrooms are huge. And they would have extra rolls of toilet paper. I'd take one of those, I'd go to the furthest stall, and I'd lean my head against the wall and close my eyes for 15 or 20 minutes. That's an incredible story. So this is obviously something that you've been doing for a very long time, and you noticed that it actually works. Well, I just didn't want to be the person with the droopy head popping off in the meeting. Right. I, I always viewed it as gosh, why can't I push through? Well, people live off of, and I'm going to joke here, but cocaine and, you know, whatever. I'm just kidding. Stimulants. Um, I but just, but I you bring up, yeah. And you bring up a good point. I mean, you know, you know, your boundaries and your limitations. And so I think that's important too, with rest is knowing what your limitations are. So how much could you potentially give in a work day? If you know that, you are an eight to most 10 hour productive person, then that's all that you should plan for. You should plan the day around what you know you can give, what can you provide where your performance is still, you know, at its peak and you're not crashing and burning to your point. And, and I think it's important to have that level of self-awareness to say, you know, I, I'm not going to keep pushing after eight to 10 hours because then I know I'm not the best version of myself. Well, it's just why I never could go into medicine. I could never go into, you know, I self-selected out of leadership roles and positions or, you know, some of the intensity of finance and investments and all of that. Um, we have to wrap it up here. And I would say the biggest takeaway for me, I loved how you mapped out all these different types of rest. Because we tend to think of rest as not working. And... I now have all of these other dimensions to explore. I love it. I actually really did love that article. Um, we will have it in the resource section of our podcast, the seven types of rest that every person needs, but it is incredible because it does break down different parts of the rest as a whole person that we need. The takeaway for me is, you know, the benefits of resting and how we can unplug is one, it heals our body Two, it helps reduce stress. Third, you're going to boost your creativity for sure. If you learn to get into a routine of rest and of pausing of, of that self-care opportunity, you will also improve productivity and you will more than likely in the workplace enhance decision-making if you have to. So there's better clarity around that. Um, and so I think that this is the best way that, you know, individuals could really put this up as a priority to know that there are benefits of resting. So we're going to end this podcast with a question, Carmen. How are you going to structure your next vacation? I, I mean, I love that you've asked me that. <laughs> it's definitely not going to be putting an alarm clock at 3 a.m., plugging from 4 to noon at a different time zone to, to stay caught up to a completely different time zone. Now, the way I'm going to do it next time is the right way, which is the way that you did it, which is to make sure, and the way my husband did it, that all of the business is done prior to the travel dates, and then to really go on the trip and enjoy it with your family, with your husband, with your kids, with your, you know, your partner, whoever it is, 
for all of those listeners out there because you only get an opportunity sometimes to have these moments. And so you really want to embrace and take advantage of those opportunities. Our kids are little only once. That's true. All right. Well, with that, want to lead us out, Carmen? Sure. So thank you guys for listening to Nevermind the Gap. As you know, we are on all of your favorite podcast and platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio. So just go ahead and subscribe, follow us. We are podcasting every two weeks. We have very interesting topics. And last time we even had a guest speaker. So we will potentially have a couple more guest speakers through the year. And we're just focusing on different gaps, different topics and themes that may exist for you personally and professionally. So please follow us on all of our podcast and platform channels and also follow Lindy and I too on social media because we're sharing incredible resources there as well. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thanks so much. Until next time. Thank you.